All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. It is Friday, which means we are hitting the road on our Locked On summer road trip. We're heading back to the home state today and a little bit of a diversion here. We're not going to do a Locked over, a locked On crossover with another Locked On show. We're doing it with Zach Pearson, right, from yes, Mile High, Bourbon and Rye. He has his own podcast. This is going to be a fun one. We're going to do a lot of collaborations here with pairings and bourbons and avalanche players and Zach's history with the avalanche. This is going to be all over the place. This is going to be a fun one. New episode of Locked on Avalanche starting right now. Your Locked on Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. And like I said in the opening, Mr. Zach Pearson from Mile High Bourbon and Rye is here with us. Uh, thank you for doing this. We had been going back and forth uh, with, with uh, direct messages and things like that for a couple weeks. And then this was the week that it just came together. Super excited that you're here, uh, gonna gonna do this episode with us. Yeah, I'm extremely excited to be joining you guys. Thank you so much for having me. I've been listening for a long time and huge Avalanche fan, so this is this is awesome yeah. for me. Yeah, we're gonna get into all that stuff, but uh, you know, I threw your name out there, but but why don't you throw out what you do? Because you do, you, we connected through Twitter and just like you're, you know, interacting through that. But then you started your own podcast not that long ago right it's relatively new I don't, I don't know how often you do it but uh what is what's i know it's obviously bourbon based but i've listened to it you you incorporate sports and and, and colorado sports so throw out there where people can find you and what it's all about yeah so i've been actually doing a kind of review blog on colorado based spirits and then also beers and wines for geez almost eight years now i believe um the podcast i did just start up this year in earnest get an episode about once a month because i have a full-time job as well which makes it a little more difficult to record (laughs) all the time um but yeah so i the podcast is colorado craft podcast and kind of the idea is if it's craft in colorado whether it's beer wine spirits whether it's photography artworks uh sports things like that if it's if it's colorado based then I'm cool. interested in it. I want to talk about it and I want to get names out there. So awesome. Awesome. Uh, go ahead, Kyle, if you got something. No, I, I find that fascinating. Do you, do you go out there and look for that yourself? Is it like, how do you hear about all of these, the craft beers and like the art? And I love that you are paying it back to the, the Colorado area and really highlighting because if you're not from around the Colorado area, you really don't think, of like the craft beer and the art scene. Oh, it's booming there, man. Yeah, and that's yeah. and like to hear it being highlighted like that. Like, how do you go about acquiring and finding these leads to follow these stories? So a lot of it is uh, social media is kind of how it started. I found a lot of different things off of there. Um, the I guess it is kind of just going out and experiencing it. We'll pick somewhere new to go visit. Uh, we did. For instance, a couple weeks ago, we did the uh, release party for State 38's Colorado Day Bourbon, which is a once-a-year release that they do special finish specifically on August 1st for Colorado Day. 
and there was a couple of food trucks out front and everything like that. So I'll jot down names. I'll start learning those people. Um, what is it? Bear Creek distillery does Mm -hmm. first Fridays. And so they've got art, local artists that come out, they do local uh, musicians and stuff. Actually for my podcast, I found, uh, I reached out to a band called Roma ransom. It's a duo out of Colorado Springs, I I believe. And, uh, they were playing at Talnua Distillery's St. Patrick's Day Festival. Love their music, started listening to them, and so reached out to them and said, hey, you're Colorado-based, it'd be perfect. Would you guys want to record something to throw on the intro of my show? And sure enough, we got it done. So perfect. it's just, yeah, going out, meeting people, talking to people. and That's cool. I love that. It's like yeah. an all-inclusive, uh, it's like a one-stop shop for anything like yeah. Colorado-based. That's awesome. I love um, exactly. We'll get into the, you know, the, the specifically bourbon. Ooh. Oh, lost him there. <laughs> yeah. Chris is frozen for a second. Uh, I'm curious. To, yeah. Uh, again, with the, uh, the, the art aspect. There, there he is. Here we are. Yeah. Now I, oh. all right. Cause what I was going to say was we can, I, I want to get to the, the bourbon and whiskey stuff a little bit later. But what I, I want to start with is obviously like avalanche stuff, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. what what is your your history with the abs? Um, you know, and we'll get into specifics in terms of like favorite players and things like that. But um, wh- where does hockey rank for you? I know you're you're a Colorado sports fan. Um, are 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 the Broncos because they're the Broncos and it's the NFL, the all the all you know massive NFL, or is is hockey? Because you're interactive a lot on on social media with us and with you know just the Avalanche in general, so um, is hockey like a number one sport for you? I, I would say hockey's probably number one. It's, ah, there we go. There we go. Football is is definitely got a, a you know deep grained yeah. in me for sure as it does yeah. and growing up. But I mean, I, I can't honestly say that I remember the Avalanche starting in Colorado because I was five. But okay. You know, so it, it was growing up with them. It's the whole era. I got to watch all those guys play. I still have vivid memories of the 2000 2001 Cup final with the songs on the radio. Uh, on the radio, the Devils came down to Denver and they were looking for a cup to steal. So I still remember that one yeah. real well. I mean, it's all those things are just kind of ingrained growing up in it. Um, football's a very close second, I would say. Then the rest of them is is more just. I always root for Colorado teams, but I don't follow them quite as closely. I mean, was thrilled when the Nuggets won this year, but I I would not be able to claim myself as a longtime fan. (laughs) I'm with you on that one. Yeah. NBA has just never done it for, well, it did back in the nineties, like when I was like a teenager and like, to me, that was like loved like some of those matchups, but as time has gone on, I don't know, just the, the NBA has kind of lost its appeal to me. So it seems like we're kind of on the same like wavelength here with, Avs are, you know, clear cut number one, and then Broncos are right there. And then, yeah, you root for the other teams. And if they do well, I have no problem admitting I'm a fair weather fan when if, if uh, you know, the Rockies are doing well and the Nuggets are doing well. But other than that, I really don't keep up with them. But at least even though you're you were only five when the Avalanche moved, moved to town, you could say I've been here for all of the championships. Oh, Nobody yeah, since day one. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And yeah. and I like that, like, of course, the Avalanche are number one. As I mean, you're starting off right there, but you talked about being five when the Avalanche came to be. Like, was that 
what was it like growing up around like the the golden era of the avalanche with the Sackick forsberg wall years like was it kind of just the buzz around everybody into the avalanche or was there just like a moment that secured you in your fandom for the avalanche i i would actually say some uh my stepfather's name is patrick and then i found out that patrick was name is patrick when i'm like you know i think i was <laughs> probably seven is when i really remember this and i was like hey you have the same name this guy has to be awesome he's got to be the best and so like from that moment on i was before i even knew what goaltending was i was like he's the best goalie that ever was and that kind of just <laughs> I've always had that piece there because my seven-year-old brain was, oh, well, they both are great if they have the same name. So clearly this guy's got to be a good goaltender. <laughs> Just so happens. Uh, yep. You know, one of the best that ever was. So is he, well, let's, let, I want to hear from, um, from you in terms of like who, you know, players, like you mentioned Wah, um, and, and I want to get into kind of guys that you really kind of follow back then and now. We'll do that in a second. Uh, but first, we're going to hear from FanDuel and FanDuel.com. In football season, we mentioned the Broncos. It's right around the corner. And, oh, those poor Broncos. It seems like uh, the injury bug has leapt over to that. It really hasn't leapt over. To, it's, it's stayed around. It never left. It's been with the Avalanche for a couple of years, and now it's uh, it's infested the Denver Broncos as well before the season even starts. So here we go again with the Broncos. But – Right now, over at FanDuel, you can bet on a Super Bowl winner, and you get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So you pick any team. If you want to pick the Broncos, feel free. Uh, to win the Super Bowl, you get bonus bets for every victory, and you can use those bonus bets on the spread. Player props, over-unders. If more Bronco players are going to get injured, probably if you want to do that. How are you feeling this year, Zach, for, for the Broncos season, despite all the injuries? I, I'm more optimistic than I was at the end of last season. Um, I do feel the couple of preseason games, the starters have shown some signs of life that I don't feel yeah. were quite there last year. And Javante Williams coming back. Yes. I mean, at least that's a big recovery from the injury bug. So if Sean Payton can commit to running the football well, Russell Wilson can, you know, figure out everything that's going on there and we can bounce back. I'm, cautiously optimistic i would say for this yes I, i'm i'm with it's the start of a new year you always have those hopes so yep. anything is possible we'll see where it goes uh so visit visit fanduel.com slash locked on start earning bonus bets with america's number one sports book once again it's fanduel.com slash locked on all right zach uh you mentioned patrick wah uh why don't we stay in that era are there other i mean he is he your your favorite of all time back then or are you still in you know in, in the sackick and forsberg camp um maybe somebody like a claudemue or something like that like who are you guys when you think when you when you think back to that era even though you were younger you still gravitate towards players who who were they for you i i mean it definitely was wah i've anytime we played pickup games i've played roller hockey everything i've done i play goaltender so that definitely nice. just kind of stuck with me there. Um, so it probably is while I was thrilled to be able to go see that uh, alumni game at Coors Field. Mm. Oh, you because went to that, I never really? actually got to go to a game while they were playing for real. So I only watched them on TV. So, you know, you know, the human highlight reel that was Sackick and Forsberg through that whole 
through that whole era, I, you know, gravitate towards those same guys. I would say Hey Duke is another one that I really nice. was a huge fan of. Um, I actually have his signature on a jersey. So oh, he's a, is. he's one I'm a big fan of as well. It's just, I don't think there's any like kind of off the regular path guys for me because I was yeah. just probably a little too young to know. Right, too many right. Of the guys. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, like the Yui Krups of the, uh, the early, the mid nineties. Blurry um, Kaminsky. Yeah. I was going to say Kaminsky actually, but I didn't yeah. know him well enough. I know his name, but that's about it. <laughs> what did you go to, um, just the alumni game or did you go to the actual game too? Uh, at, no, at just the alumni game. Okay. All right. Cause that, that was, I mean, people were, how is this going to go? I, I think, you know, cooler heads. Were, I don't think these, you know, mid 50 year old guys are really going to start like uh, mixing it up or anything anymore. But it was, it was, that was a, a, a lot of fun to see. It was exciting too. And I think is that that's the banner you have behind you. Is it? Not? Yeah, it sure is. Yep. Yes. Yes. So and that must've been great. There, so that must the Landeskog Jersey of course is covering the Red Wings logo because I don't need people seeing that. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Very strategically placed. I love it. Um, but that game, the, the actual game, not, not the alumni game, the, the actual game against Detroit, uh, that was on my birthday and, oh, nice. and, and they blew it. They blew it. Yep, it was they, like, they, they gave up a goal. Like, I think it was like less than a minute left when they gave up yep. a game tying goal and then lost in overtime. If I memory serves me correctly, but that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I remember they won the alumni game and I was like that, that bodes well for the next day. And then yeah. it did not. <laughs> They struggle with these outdoor games. It, it was it, they lost that one. Uh, the Air Force game traffic was a nightmare, um, so, and then the Lake Tahoe game was obviously you know the ice was melting. So it's yeah, that one was a problem. I yeah. actually got to go to the Air Force game as well, but oh. I lucked out because I went with a buddy of mine who ran track in high school at the Air Force Academy a lot. Okay, because uh, we went to UCCS, so he knew what paths to take. So we skipped all the traffic. Ooh. I didn't get stuck in any of it. Oh man. Like I was so you lucky. are lucky. Because <laughs> that, that thing was like Woodstock, apparently, yeah. getting out of that. Yeah, that was terrible. That was terrible. It was brutal from what I saw. Yeah, and I I love that one of the getting to be there for that alumni game, not getting to really like you mentioned, like being like five and seven during like the heyday, and like you get to enjoy being there in that moment. That was I was living in Alabama at the time of that alumni game. That was the first game I actually pirated just to get hey to get a glimpse of that game because I had two small kids at the time. I wanted them to see Wausau yeah. and Forsberg. So it's it, it, I like that you that was a big moment to you just to get to see them. And I think I, we take that for granted a lot with these alumni games. Kind of roll your eyes, but it means a lot to a lot of people. Well, and like I said, because I never had the chance to go to. Uh, Pepsi Center or McNichols Arena growing up as you know as a kid seeing all those I never got to go to those games so seeing them play live and then kind of to your point Chris the, there wasn't really that there wasn't the bad blood during that game mm -hmm. and at the end of the game both teams you know they all yeah. got together they took a picture on the and it was like you can just sit there and look at the amount of insane talent right. just combined and you know oh. everybody hates the Red Wings if you're an Avs fan from the 90s but you, you have to give them at least the tip of the cap for just how talented that team also was. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, Kyle incriminated himself with the, uh, the piracy comment there, but <laughs> I think the statute of limitations is probably passed. Yeah. We're almost out of like a decade since that I, game. Yeah, I think, I think I'm fine. Yeah. I think you're good. I think you're okay. Uh, <laughs> how often do you go now, Zach? Like, are you a season ticket holder or anything or, or do you go 
I mean, how we often go, during the season do you go? We go probably six, seven games a year. Um, sometimes more, sometimes less. I have a couple of friends that have season tickets and sometimes mm-hmm. they'll, you know, oh, I can't go to this game. Would you like to buy them off sure. me for face value? Like, yeah, absolutely. I will. So we go to a handful of them. I made sure that we made it to opening night last year. That oh, was beautiful. That was expensive, but worth it. <laughs> I mean, that one was just cool. You get to see Landis Gog out on the ice before he disappeared for the season. Yeah. You get, uh, um, blanking on his name from Blink 182 out there leading the song for everybody. Is Hoppus? The... I think Hoppus was, was yeah. Hoppus? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it was Hoppus. Yeah, yeah. De- DeLong wasn't with them yet. No, that's right. No, yeah, yeah. They were just about ready to start touring and stuff. Like yeah, that. but so and he even had Jack Johnson out there in the yep. the Blackhawks uniform with yeah. the skates guys. over that with was... the Avs. Yep. Yeah. That was no. It was such a cool moment, and that was one. You know, kind of to to your point, Kyle. The uh, I had my daughter with me for that one. And so I was like, you know, this is one that I think she's got to be able to experience something like this. Yeah. It's That's it was cool. way cool to do. Um, Heck, she's got better abs experiences than I do. She yeah. skated with Hey Duke and John Michael Lyles. She's, yeah, she's played on then Pepsi Center's ice. I mean, she's gotten the whole the whole deal. So. I was going to ask you just, I mean, I I was going to go in that route of just, you know, favorite avalanche memories. Um, (laughs) I should, we should get her on uh, the episode instead, (laughs) like see what she's got, but what, what, whether you were there or not, just, you know, stuff like, you know, that, that you've witnessed of the abs, you know, whether it's the cup victories or whatever they may may be just a random one that sticks out. Like, man, that was great. Like some Macar goal or something like that. But um what, what's kind of like your favorite avalanche memories I mean, my all-time is probably going to be a little bit of a cop-out answer but it's hard to beat any moment than joe sackick handing the cup to ray bork yeah dude. like mm. even at 10 i was like i just knew that moment the like weight of that moment was ridiculous but uh you know apart from that super obvious answer man that the goal kale mccarr against the blackhawks takes the puck behind the net, uh, makes the, the stop on the dime, blows up on. the guy's ankles, backhands it in, wins the game. Like, I, it, it was just – it was such a ridiculous play. McCarr is just so – yeah, it, it's unreal to me because when Nathan McKinnon got drafted, I was all kinds of excited. He wins the Calder that year. Like, everything following him. I've been a huge McKinnon fan since, day, since the moment he got drafted. When we lost that dra- draft lottery – and ended up picking four. I was like, man, I can't believe yeah. after such a rough season, we have to have the fourth pick. And then Kale McCarr is a name that I, I wasn't familiar enough with. And they're like, no, watch this guy in college. So I started watching him playing at uh, Boston. And I'm like, okay, when he comes and plays with us, this is going to be a huge deal. And so we were watching the game at home. It was uh, my wife, my daughter and I were watching the Calgary game that he started mm-hmm. or yeah, his first game with the abs. And he comes out and I'm like, you, you guys, you got to watch this kid. Cause this is going to be, this is going to be unreal that he's going to do something amazing. Cause that's all <laughs> that he's done through college. And sure enough, you know, first shot scores a goal. They win that game. It was like, yep, this is, this is the start. This is a good feeling. Mm-hmm. And then when they won the cup watching, uh, and who had it that tripped on the ice and dented it right away? Le- uh, was it Lekkanen? Uh Abe Kubel. Kubel. Yeah, it was Abe oh, Kubel. Oh, it was Abe Kubel. Yep. Yeah. And so we 
we were watching that. And my wife's met like her jaw dropped because you watch him trip live on TV. She goes, <laughs> Oh my God. I'm like, that was, I laughed. She was, can you do that? Is that okay? Like, yeah, that's, that's part of the charm of the cup. It's been through worse. Like, you know, don't worry. We're not going to be cursed next year. Yeah. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. There, there won't be a Stanley cup injury curse following the denting it within five minutes of owning it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Like, and and you mentioned a couple of players. Um, obviously, Makar is probably up there on your list right now for, of current players. Um, yep. Who else you liking on on this year's team? Uh, so, uh, yeah, like you said, Makar, um, big fan of Taze. I am a huge, huge fan of Georgiev. Actually, I thought that signing was nice. fantastic. I thought he got he had a really good opportunity in New York. And would have clearly been their number one. And then all of a sudden, Shesterkin comes out of nowhere and outplays every other goaltender in the league. And so, thank you, Igor Shesterkin, because without him, I don't think we pick up Georgiev. Actually, I know we don't. So maybe we get Shesterkin instead. And then, oh, get, <laughs> and and then we have you know an all world goalie. Hey, but you never know. What, What do you think for this year's team? You think uh, there's? I mean. You see a lot of, and even on FanDuel, I think they've dropped a little bit on FanDuel, but they're still at the top. They're still like one, two, or three in terms of favorites. Um, they, they have a good team, but I think there's some Avalanche fans who who don't like the fact that they they didn't make bigger moves. And Kyle and I talked a ton in this office, and you, you probably listened. Like, we yeah. like the moves that they made, yeah. Um, but the, the, we, we were expecting kind of moves, not, maybe not those guys specifically, but the moves that they made, they don't, they, they have their, their core guys. They have their big names. They just got to go plugging holes. And do you feel like they did that? Are we talked about the Broncos and how <laughs> cautiously yeah. optimistic with the Broncos, what's your feeling with the avalanche? Do you feel like this is a team that can, can make a, a good run at it again? Maybe not head and shoulders above everybody else, but. Definitely one of the top teams, if not in the league, definitely in the Western Conference. I definitely still think top in the league. Um, I think you're going to have – it's such a detriment to not have Landeskog on the ice for an entire season again. Definitely. That on its own just knocks a lot back. But I really like the uh, – what, the Colton signing? I liked the – actually, I'm pretty happy with the Johansson pickup. Um I think he's going to do well. I think he's got a good outside shot. I think what they did is they went out and got a lot of guys with a high floor and not necessarily went for, you know, oh, here's the super high ceiling we're going for. They went with the, you're not going to go below this level. We know we're going to get at least this out of you every game. And I think that's kind of what they needed. I don't think anybody's going to step in and, totally fill the Landis Cog shoes. Nobody's going to fill the Kadri shoes. Those were big ones that got left empty when he <laughs> left. But I mean, I I'm very, I think they have a good shot at making it at least to the Western conference final, if not the Stanley cup final, assuming that the players that are still healthy now remain healthy when they get there. Big assumption. Yeah. But, yep. yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's a great point about the, the floor and just, putting pieces together like i that's a really good point that you bring up there they know that where even on their worst night where they'll be and that's still an addition to the roster so that's yep. a great point yeah yeah so let's jump into some uh some bourbon talk and some some what whatever we got bourbon whiskey 
I mean, what what got you into this? First of all, like, I always I always find it interesting how people you know uh, gravitate towards one style of of you know spirit, right? And because in the beginning, like nobody nobody's going to try bourbon for the first time and be like, that tastes great. Like, right. <laughs> Most like no. alcohol is like acquired tastes, right? You know, even, even with like your watered down, you know, Bud Lights and Bud White, like the first time anybody tries that, it's like, oh, this is disgusting. But yeah, you it's keep, horrible. it's, you know, it's like broccoli. You try it for like 10 times and wow, this stuff's actually pretty good. Um, yep. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did it start for you? Uh, just getting in because bourbon seems to be your thing. Um, what was it? What got you into it? Who got you into it? What's your history with that? Uh, so I actually, before I, I jumped careers post COVID, I spent 11 years working for a big liquor store in Colorado. And mm. I did basically everything around the store became general manager by the end of the career, you know, ran everything in it. And so you kind of start to get to experiment with a heck of a lot more stuff as that goes on. So uh, I actually remember the big kind of push into whiskey being what I wanted to do is at the time, a little essentially no name again at the time, because they're a big name. Now company comes in uh, laws, whiskey house. And they say, mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're doing this. It was one of the uh, former distillers at Stranahan's broke off. He decided to do his own distillery and he poured this and it was, it was actually, I was kind of getting into the whiskeys and the age spirits and everything at that point anyway. And this is actually a big reason why I did the Colorado specific is I took a sip of it and it was, it was young. It was very young when we tried it, but there was so much, so much going on. There was a lot more depth than other young whiskeys that I had. There was a lot more, it's like, I know that this guy's really putting his time and effort into it. And so Mm -hmm. I went down, I did the tour at the distillery. I talked to the guys. I started, you know, really interacting with them. And the more you learn about the process and how much these guys really put into it, it's, it's amazing. And so it just sort of, I guess, spiraled from there. <laughs> really? And what's your, uh, you know, cause it, like I said, we'll get to like these, these fun pairings that we're going to do in a second, but you always hear of like food pairings with like mm-hmm. wine or even even beer and stuff like that. I mean, you can do that with bourbons, but I want to ask you, like, what what's your? Do you have like a, a game day ritual? Like, do you with every like Avalanche game you watch? Do you have do you have a glass of something with you while you're watching a game, or depends so, on who they're playing? Like, I'm fascinated with this stuff. So, what, what's your rituals here? Uh, it has to be a Colorado. No matter what it is, it's got to be made in Colorado. So, okay. I. I don't necessarily stick whiskey. Sometimes it'll be wine. Sometimes it'll be beer. Um, and then I grabbed when they started the, uh, the, the Stanley cup run against the predators. Actually, I'd won a ticket to that first game that they just blew the predators out of the water. Okay. And at ball arena, I went up and I got a Breckenridge avalanche cause they just had the cans right there. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? This sounds great. I don't want like a Coors light today. I want something a little bit more. And then they blew them out of the water and I was like, okay, Sticking with Avalanche for the rest of this run. So (laughs) had Breck Avalanche for every game all the way through that run. And it only it only missed four games. So you know. So you'll do that. So so you will stick with something if if you know you 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 pick a a beverage or a type of you know a style um and they do well, I I gotta stick with that. Like you don't change it up. 
No, really? and it's always got to be Colorado. I do the same thing for yeah. the Broncos too. It's like you know, if they're, I'm watching my teams play. I'm gonna have something from my state to to enjoy with it. I love it. Yeah, I love that's it. Great. I love it. Um, so with that, um, <laughs> I want to get into we're, what we're gonna do is we're gonna throw out a, a handful of players here, and uh, you're gonna pair them. You're you're gonna you're gonna throw out what? These are all bourbons, right? Uh, well, no, I got it. It's kind of a mix of whiskeys. They're all whiskeys, whiskeys? but they're not okay. all bourbons. Yep. Okay. And what is your favorite? Do you, do you, I mean, overall, what's, what's your favorites that like, do you like Kentucky bourbons or like Irish whiskeys or scotches? Like what, I, I know you're the Colorado man and you like that <laughs> stuff, but I even like Japanese whiskeys I'm hearing are like, this like big uh, Japanese are a blast. Yeah. They're so much fun. Um, do you have a favorite style? I should ask. I would say it probably is going to be bourbon style is my favorite style of whiskey. I am a huge fan of the Irish style as well, and mm-hmm. which is awesome because one of the first ever, I think they might actually be the first non-Ireland single pot still whiskey, so it's made entirely in that style, opened up in Arvada, and that's Talnua Distilling. Really? And so like, it takes one of my favorite styles. It's made exclusively in Colorado purely in that style and they do a phenomenal job so i'd say it's it's kind of a close between those two and what why don't you educate everybody myself included (laughs) uh quickly like biggest difference between bourbon and whiskey so it really comes down to the grains that you use how you're aging them are kind of the two biggest things so whiskey in general is just fermented grain and then typically it's aged in oak or Throwing some form of wood barrels. Yep. Right. Okay. For bourbon, it follows a lot more kind of strict set of rules. It has to be distilled from a, or it has to be fermented from a grain that is at least 51% corn. It can't be any less than that for corn. Then you can have other grains in there to add different flavors to it. Um, it has to be distilled to a certain proof, which I'm not remembering exactly what that is at the moment before it gets put mm-hmm. into the barrel has to be put into fresh oak barrels that are charred. So it can never age another spirit or anything else before you put the bourbon in. It has to be the first thing that goes into the barrel. Then it actually can be called bourbon. As soon as it hits the barrel, you can technically call it bourbon. Most of them go for two years, and that's where you get the straight bourbon label is allowed to be called at that point. Then once it comes out, um, you can't add any colors. You can't add any flavors. It has to be the only thing you can possibly do is cut it with water down to whatever proof it is that you'd like it to be at. And that's kind of the basic for, um, for bourbon. So then Irish whiskey, for instance, the, oh, and it has to come from the U S doesn't have to be Kentucky, but bourbon does have to come from the U S right. Irish whiskey obviously has to come from Ireland. Scottish whiskey has to come from Scotland. Although if you go to Scotland, you don't call it scotch. You just say whiskey. I did know that. (laughs) Yes. I knew that. Yep. Okay. Um, Um, but Irish is typically, uh, actually, their kind of style is on a single pot still. They'll do it with a mix between malted and unmalted grain. So you have barley, 50% of it's malted, 50% of it's unmalted. And that's actually to get around some old tax laws from the UK as they Jeez. were telling them what they could pay or couldn't pay. So oh my God. kind of a neat that's little awesome. fact. So so basically, like whiskey is is just like 
how like the Arizona Coyotes do business. It's just very simple. Like it doesn't matter. And bourbon right. and, bur- and bourbon is like the avalanche. Bourbon, it, like they, they take their time and, and they're methodical and meticulous. A little bit more methodical to it. Yeah. Yep. Love it. All right. I, but I just summed up uh, how whiskey <laughs> and bourbon are made in hockey terms. Love it. Love it. Um, and we're going to do that now. And like I said, we're going to do these pairings. So I'm gonna, we're going to throw players out at you. And then you're going to come back with the bourbon or whiskey that best fits that player. Cool? Yep. All right. Sounds great. We'll start with, with Nathan McKinnon. Uh, we talked about him earlier. He's a favorite of yours. One of the superstars on the team, one of the superstars in the league. Who's he pair up with? What's his what's his what's his drink? So I, I definitely put some thought into a lot of the players before yeah. this happened. So I was I was hopefully prepared for any name that you can throw at me. Okay. Uh, for Nathan McKinnon, I chose Old Elk Distilling out of uh, Fort Collins. Specifically, I chose their single barrel barrel strength weeded bourbon. Now, number of reasons for this. A lot of people really love weeded bourbons. It's kind of a, a hugely sought after style. And there's typically sort of a clear cut number one selection in the weeded bourbon world. And that's Weller. Um, it's okay. very sought after. It's hard to get a hold of. In my opinion, I would put the Old Elk single barrel weeded barrel strength up against the Weller foolproof. I think it's literally just as good. I think it's got just as much complexity, just as much depth. Uh, and I think it does everything exactly right, much in the same way that I'd put Nathan McKinnon up against a Connor McDavid for the best in the league. Oh, I love it. Oh, keep going. So yeah. Then I also would say it has a lot of very great qualities. It's very uh, well put together. It's honestly, it even kind of has a sort of like classy and gentlemanly feel, but it is also a barrel strength. So it'll win the Lady Bing, but if you're not careful, it'll throw its helmet at you as well. Mm. this is brilliant oh that is fantastic um and what is that like i'm looking about like like 60 ish 70 ish a bottle or am i looking yeah, at right around that point right yeah. around, okay all right not, not that the price matters but uh that's a brilliant description uh that's, that's <laughs> perfect right, what do you got kyle why don't you lay on me something that pairs well as for kale mccarr yeah for kale mccarr all right, see, I had a really good one for this one, and I was hoping you'd do this because I actually have the bottle for this one, too. All right. So this one, I went Distillery 291, and I'll flip around to show the front label in a moment. So Distillery 291, in kind of general terms, is still relatively new to the distilling scene. They're still, you know, in relative terms, brand new, much like Kale McCarr. Also like Kale McCarr, they win a ridiculous amount of awards and medals. They're constantly taking home first prize at different World Whiskies Awards, San Francisco World Spirits Comp, all of these things. Uh, this particular one that I chose is extremely complex. There's a lot of depth to it. It's also very high proof, high octane. So, you know, it, it goes quick, it goes fast, but it gives you all of that subtlety that if you, you know, just take a sip and you're not really paying attention you'll totally miss all the little stuff that it does well underneath. And then I'll flip the label finally, because much in the same way that Seattle Ooh. labeled Kale McCarr, it has the bad guy label <laughs> on it as well. Oh man. So you're nailing these, man. This is great. Uh, and I'm looking that one up too. That That's about a hundred dollar bottle, right? Yeah. That one is definitely okay. a little bit more expensive. The bad guy, like I said, it's high proof. The other cool thing with 291, all of their stuff is aged with Aspen staves. So it gives it 
an even more Colorado flavor. And okay. hopefully Kale McCarr is Colorado forever. So uh, Yes, right. Uh, and, <laughs> and, you know, you said earlier about when comparing like whiskeys and bourbons, like, like the water plays a key. And that's got to be something, you know, coming from Colorado. You know, the, the Coors Light pushes that all the time. They're water. Uh, yep. You know, so that that it probably gives Colorado bourbons and whiskeys maybe a little bit distinct taste. I do think the Rocky Mountain water does play a part, even if it's like, because, you know, at this point you can filter everything down to however you'd like the water to be. Yeah. But there's that that knowledge of where it comes from. I think even <clears throat> just through your own power, your brain adds to the flavor. All right. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's so good. Bad guy. That's so good. Um, all right, let's go back a little bit. We mentioned him as well a little bit earlier. Uh, Ray Bork. I figured let, let's throw Bork out there. Uh, I just feel like Bork's bourbon or uh, it has a good like, you know, uh, rolls off the tongue. But yeah, he's also just that guy that, you know, when at, anytime the Stanley Cup finals come around and they're doing a montage, he's there. Uh, it's just one of those classic guys. So I figured Ray Bork would be a nice one to get a, a, a pairing with. So I'm actually going Irish style for this one and I'm pulling oh. the Talnua. And so here's some of the reasons. A, the Talnua one that I chose is called their Heritage Select. Uh, not the least of which of the reasons for this is half of it is distilled here in Colorado. The other half of this blend is made in Ireland. They hand select what they want and then bring it in. So they went out, they already have a great product. And then they're like, what can we add to this to just push it over the top? What can we do to really give this that next? So they brought in from external, I see much in the same way this. Ray Bork comes in <laughs> and helps the Avs get over the top to win the cup. Oh man! Um, again, lots of great things done. There's a lot of great notes to it. It's not as high proof as the other two, um, not quite as high octane, but it, you know, it does everything exactly the way that you want it to be for an Irish whiskey. It is phenomenal. And I thought that was a perfect kind of that's pair great. for Ray Bork. So they can call that Irish whiskey though, even though not all of it is made over there. No, they call it their heritage select. So it's blended oh. with an Irish whiskey gotcha, or an okay. Irish distillate, but yep, it's not labeled Irish whiskey. It's Irish style. And yeah. tell me big thing is, you know, it's, uh, distinctly American, but also Irish. And and I mean, I, I love how you're, you know, pulling from, you know, the Irish and 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 where did Ray Bork play? Boston. Boston. Yep. Big <laughs> Irish uh, community over there. Like, nailed it. Oh, that's so yeah. good. All right, and that <laughs> one is because I reason I'm bringing up prices. I just want to see how much in total this would be if everybody bought. <laughs> Uh, See if we can stick under the salary cap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, was that about a fifty dollar bottle? Yeah, I think it's somewhere okay. right in that range. All right. Okay. So we're sitting about two forty. We're right, right around there. Yep. Keep it going, guy. How about the face that runs the place? As long as the logo's been around, this man has been around. Super Joe, Joe Sackett. Perfect. Another one that I actually did go ahead and I have the bottle here, and I was mm -hmm. ready for it. So for Joe Sackett. Joe Sackick is the original Avalanche. Like that is the OG face for the Avalanche logo. The original distillery in Colorado, Stranahan's Whiskey. It's the original. So very first distillery to open up in the state. <clears throat> They've been doing it the longest. This particular bottle is the uh, Mountain Angel. It yep. is a 10-year aged uh, single malt whiskey. So 
single malt being kind of that Scottish style, but there's no peat or smoke to it. You're going to get a lot of kind of roasted malty notes, a little bit of chocolate kind of to it and everything like that. It's very sweet. Reason I chose the Mountain Angel is this might actually, it has a strong argument for my favorite whiskey of all time, much in the same way that Joe Sackick has a solid argument for my favorite player of all time. There you go. It does everything great. And Joe has continued to elevate as he has aged, much in the same way that the 10 year Stranahan's has. Their product has been consistently good. And as it's gotten older, they just keep showing that they've got more and more to them. Mm. Fits perfectly. Mm. Brilliant. That's yeah, that's a perfect oh. match right there. Uh, I'm looking at that one's up there, man. That, that could be the most expensive bottle. That's about 120 or so. And it's one- not really easily available. <laughs> it's a difficult really? one to find. Is it which, really? Which fits because you're not going to find a lot of Joe Sackick's. <sighs> mm, zinger. Perfect. <laughs> Crushing these, man. All right. We got a couple more. Uh, we got to go behind the bench. And I mean, if, if you if you were to tell me that, like, who do you think is is a bourbon drinker or whiskey drinker on the avalanche? I'd probably not pick a player on the ice and pick the guy on the bench in Jared Bednar. I just feel the guy look like the guy. And even during the parade, like he's got the cigar in his hand. He just yep. seems to me like this, this calm, cool. He is calm, cool, collected cat. 100 percent. And and he just bourbon just I, I can only imagine he's probably has like a, a, a bourbon seller uh, that, oh, is, I, I that probably rivals anything. Fully believe that he does. Um, yeah. So he's one I put some thought into as well because um, he's the coach that I, I definitely know the most for sure. Mm-hmm. So we're going with Law's Whiskey House for that one. The okay. very first reason that I chose Law's Whiskey is you can see their packaging is a lot different. They got that that square bottle. It's very, it's very neat. It's very put together. It is the suit behind the bench. It is exactly that. It is an extremely attractive product. When you're walking down a liquor store aisle, you see that it stands out against everything else. There's no question. You're like, all right, I, I see this bottle. It stands out right there. I did the cognac finished is the one that I chose, which is a limited release from them. It's the reason I did that is because it's very clearly very well put together. The cognac adds kind of a layer of sophistication and laws has printed on the wall at their distillery. There are no shortcuts. And I thought mm, their approach mm. is exactly how I would expect Jared Bednar to, I'd expect him to say that in the locker room if he hasn't already. Right. So I thought that was kind of the, the perfect mm. piece there. The cognac adds a little bit of sweetness. It adds some great notes. The the little bit of sweetness too, actually, in my opinion, makes it pair a lot better with a cigar. So it's a perfect drink to have that victory cigar after a Stanley Cup championship. Sip on that at the same time. Wow. You're gonna have a wonderful evening. So that's like all in, encompassing. Like the from the bottle, like the bottle looks good. And Jared Bednar, uh, you know, when he's behind that, he, he got some of the nice nicest suits in the league, right? So that, that man is well put together. He is right. Like, so from, from the bottle standpoint, uh, and even it being a square, some people think would let Jared Bednar, maybe he's a square. He's very, <laughs> it matches his jawline. <laughs> it does that. Right. Uh, well, and, you know, he's, for, he's not exciting. What was it that they called him? Uh, like Ken before the Stanley cup run. Yeah. The Ken doll. He's just, yeah. Yep. But, but even like the, the, the product itself or the, or the company itself, 
what did you say? No shortcuts or something like that. There are so, no shortcuts. Yep. Man, that's that's uh, perfect. Perfect, man. These are great. All right, we got one more, and this is going to be kind of all. This one here is all encompassing. What do you got, Kyle? Yeah, this one we've talked about. All these pairings, they all have to do with the Avalanche. What would you pair that matches with the current state of the Colorado Avalanche as a whole? Like the team, this team. There's only one answer that I could think of that was correct for this. So, when the Avalanche won the Cup, the end of the twenty, uh, the end of the twenty-two season, they come back to Colorado. They're looking for a place to have their little victory party. They're calling around all the bars. Colorado went nuts for that championship. All the bars are sold out. There's nowhere that can host this entire team and have enough drinks for them. So they reach out to Mile High Spirits downtown. Mile High Spirits Distillery. I mean, you're a distillery. You have plenty of drinks on hand for sure. Mm. So they reach out. They decide that they're going to have their party there. They show up. Whole place is just rocking from what I heard. It closed off to the public, obviously, but just an absolute blast of a party. While they're there, a bunch of the players get together and they selected a barrel. Mile High Spirits bottled that barrel for them, gave them all the bottles, and then and you got one. Ended up releasing the Ooh, champion wow. select, and we'll kind of move that closer. Oh, it's got the the champions yep. on. It's got this right here. Oh man! Uh, so not only is it made in Denver, right where the champions play, it's bottled at 52.8% alcohol or 52.80. You got the mile Love high proof it. on it. It's five years old. It's, I mean, I had to go with it because there's no better choice for the no longer reigning Stanley cup champions, but still okay. that core is the, you know, that's the Stanley cup core. Got to choose the bottle that they themselves selected. Wow. And I want to point out like the other bottles that you have on hand, you you picked up from your your side that one yeah you turned around and i think yep. that one is on display that one's not going anywhere that 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 no. is that is never going to get opened i feel no i so i actually have two and i did okay. i hadn't tried it yet and i still haven't tried it i did open one and i poured myself there a little it is. bit because i was like you know I, i'm yeah. gonna have to give this a shot so oh so this this yeah, is it like this is, fir- this is a first this is a first tasting First sip that I okay. had. I, I had the chance to have it at the distillery when they released it, and I tried yeah. the other ones that they released that day. I didn't try this one, so yeah. we're okay. gonna see like do the Avs taste match my taste, and I have a feeling it will because Mile I, High Spirits I, honestly can do no wrong. Yeah, I and and I do want to point out that is in a uh, Mile High Bourbon and Rye Rocks glass, which you, you can purchase on uh, his website. Yep, MileHighBourbon.com/shop. Yeah. We've got these, and we'll be expanding. Uh, inventory here soon. What are you thinking? That is, man, Mile High Proof is, yeah. Mile High Spirits nailed it with that. It is yeah. excellent. 5280 is a perfect spot. That's awesome. Still a little bit of heat. It is caramely. It is sweet. It is vanilla and brown sugar. Oh, mm. this is a first. This is a first, uh, um, uh, probably on the entire network of uh, someone <laughs> someone sampling a championship bourbon uh, for the first time. That, oh, that man. Is, Sounds like that it's comprised wonderful. of all the small things. <laughs> it, it is indeed. Oh, that is great. That's fantastic, man. Um, 
and I want to like so the the law. I didn't say the price of the laws one for Bednar. That's like the eighty range, I think. Yeah. I yep. think, Yes. Yeah, Seventy nine. And then ish. and then that one I can't look. At, I don't. I can't find it anywhere. I don't know if that's even up on. It was. I believe it was sixty when I bought it at the distillery, but they okay. don't. It was in distillery only, and it was gone that night. So I mean, we're, I, I lost track of the count. Four sixty. We're on four sixty. <laughs> yeah. So so with tax, you're probably around like. Right around bucks. the five hundred. Five ten. Yep. So uh, five hundred twenty. Eighty-five. Just make it out to five thousand two hundred eighty. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Just write the check. That's your <laughs> yeah. tip. You're welcome. That, that's the five hundred twenty-eight dollars like, and zero yeah, cents. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Or if you want to do the five thousand, basically the cost of a, a Pappy Van Winkle, basically. If you want to do it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wow, man, that's brilliant. Those, those were those were genius. Like you, you nailed it. Like it, it wasn't just like oh, it's this one because of this. The the Bork one is 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 like <laughs> giving me chills right now. I absolutely love that that comparison between that two. Those, those are fantastic. Yeah. Standing O stick taps, bud. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank uh, you much. And we are going to have to do this again. We'll 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 have you back on at, at some point, and we'll throw oh, yeah. out some other players. And uh, yeah, that was fun. That was cool. So, all right, man. Uh, definitely appreciate you uh, coming on and doing this. Why don't you throw out one more time where people can can follow you or find you on on social media and uh, in the podcast world as well? Yeah, absolutely. So we're on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Just search for Mile High Bourbon and Rye. Uh, you can follow the page on social media. We've got Twix or Twitter X. We've got Instagram. <laughs> We've got uh, Facebook. All of those. Just search Mile High Bourbon. We're at Mile High Bourbon on most of them. Um, check out the website, milehighbourbon.com. We do reviews. We do events on there. Um, we're I'm getting some stuff set up, which I, I'm not, I don't want to talk about it cause I don't want to like jinx myself out of being able to do it, but I'm really yep. excited for some things that are, that should be coming down the pipeline in the not too distant future. Love it. So love it. search mile high bourbon and rye everywhere you go. And if you find yourself at mile high spirits by accident, just enjoy yourself. Cause yeah. you'll, you'll like it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, man. Appreciate it, uh, immensely for coming on and doing this. This was, uh, it's it, different, but it, off season, we get to do some kind of fun, different things. So, uh, yeah. yeah, man, we're about a month away from this month plus, well, a month from preseason. So we're mm -hmm. right around the corner. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, get your bourbons ready for, for another avalanche season. So thank you everybody for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. For Zach from Mile High Bourbon and Rye, we got Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I'm Chris Maselli. This is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy your bourbons and whiskeys and all that other fun stuff. We'll see you guys on Monday.